Hello again out there in uh, Berlin. It's Anson Tebbets along with uh, Chip Darmstadt. You're a weekend edition. Your first, um, gosh, we've made it to October, believe it or not. Into October. How did that happen? How did that happen? It happens every year. And, um, yes. Yeah. And um, I have to say, I don't think we've reached peak foliage um, in the town of Cabot yet. Um, but I'm, I'm standing a little farther up up north. They're a little farther along. Of course they are. But haven't had a killing frost yet. No, hasn't that hasn't happened. But some temperatures in the 30s I've seen, and definitely 40s. Um, I you know the swampier areas, wetlands. I, you know, those are of course the, the first place you see some of the color with the the poor soils, saturated soils, and the red maples are looking nice and kind of swampy pockets. Mm. Yeah, well, it's a beautiful time of year, and uh, we've had some. We had a, a very rare visitor recently um, um, land in Vermont. Now, this is this is a new one for me, so we're going to have to go really slowly on this one for us. Uh, we're going <laughs> to. Yeah, what, what, what is this bird? Well, it's a, a visitor from Mexico here to see the foliage. A rare hummingbird, actually not rare where it's normally found, but a but the first for Vermont, the Mexican violet ear. Uh, that's yeah, one word, violet ear. Um, it's one of several species of violet ear. There's another one called lesser violet ear that's common in Costa Rica. The Mexican violet ear is a bird that nests in pine um, forest, oak forest, at higher elevations in Mexico and Guatemala and Honduras. Hmm. Well, the bird has since uh, moved on to its, on its, it was on its foliage uh, cider donut tour, so it has moved on. But there they're was some, back on the bus. They're back on the bus, and they're back on the bus. and there were uh, there were actually it was confirmed, and there were pictures, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, understandably, the homeowner, this person, had a feeder up, and this is in the Upper Valley, I believe, Heartland, Vermont, um, in Windsor County. The homeowner had a feeder up, and this bird showed up. And um, I think I can't remember how the word got out to at least a couple people, but uh, yeah, she was re- reluctant, understandably, to put it out there to the world uh, because a bird like this would literally attract hundreds of people, probably people from all over New England, <laughs> <laughs> because it's you know they. Mexican violet ear um, does, it's known to stray. Uh, they show up in um, New England very rarely, but there's records for Illinois, Minnesota, Texas, not surprisingly. So it's a bird that's known to stray north, but it's the first time one has been documented in Vermont. Uh, Chip, could you spell it for us? People may be a little confused. You're saying violet ear, right? Yeah, violet ear, like the color violet, V I O L E T. Ear, E-A-R, Mexican violet ear, and uh, it's a beautiful green, almost entirely green hummingbird, fairly large, larger than our ruby-throated hummingbird, with this violet-purple ear patch, and then violet-purple on the stomach as well, just amazing glittering green hummingbird with these violet patches, uh, very beautiful and uh, very far away from home. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's that's uh, that's extraordinary because uh, we only have the ruby-throated hummingbird in the east, right? Yeah, we have the ruby-throated as our one nesting hummingbird. There are records of rufous hummingbird in Vermont. Uh, rufous hummingbird is a western species. That's a uh, 
uh, it's got a lot of reddish color on it, hence the name uh, Rufus Hummingbird. And there's maybe, I don't know, half a dozen, ten records of Rufus Hummingbird straying um, to the east uh, in Vermont uh, over the years. I know one year there was one down, I think, in Arlington, somewhere near Manchester. And it was visiting someone's feeder, and they kept their... Um, uh, it was there in, no, in November, December, even into January before it disappeared. Um, but the, the homeowner was diligent about putting out um, sugar water for the hummingbird. And I don't know if they had a uh, heat lamp or what, but this bird persisted uh, for over a month in Vermont. So we do sometimes get these western strays. Um, and there's other hummingbirds that do stray east, like um, Calliope hummingbird, Allen's hummingbird. So there are some Western species that do occasionally show up in the in the Northeast, but it's yeah, it's very unusual. But it's a reason to to keep your hummingbird feeder up for a while longer, even after the ruby throats have uh, seemingly gone south. Mm. Good stuff. The uh, Mexican violet ear in the Upper Valley uh, recently, Windsor County, but has since moved on and on to its uh, foliage tour, like countless other visitors in Vermont. Um, Foliage. I've seen a couple of flocks of geese in formation headed south. So that beautiful sight is happening, and I the hearing of them is still is still uh, still gets my attention. And then uh, with the backdrop of the foliage, and particularly in the morning with the fog, it's just one of those sort of things you just uh, cherish to see every time you you poke your head outside this time of year. Even I, I even like it when they um, you can't see them because it's foggy or cloudy or they're up really high, but you can still hear them and such a beautiful sound. It's, yeah, very iconic and just a um, sign that, yeah, fall is here for sure. I, I, I saw and heard my first flock uh, earlier in the week and, yeah, we'll be seeing a lot more of the uh, Canada's, Canada geese and, and hopefully some snow geese too coming over. Yeah, I always, I always double check to make sure that there aren't some uh, Canada, I mean, uh, some snowy geese amongst those, but uh, for the most part, um, my neck of the woods, it's all uh, Canada. We have some that um, they, they've decided to land in our in our fields in the grass, and they just sort of hang out. There's probably a flock of 20 of them, but they, uh, they spend, I don't know if they're resting. Uh, I don't know what they're eating. Maybe there's some some food that they're eating, but they don't, uh, they're not near a body of water. So they just come and it's not a cornfield. So it's just uh, in the grass, but it's kind of not a golf course, not a golf course. Ah, yes. Our, our golfers <laughs> are, are well, well acquainted of the, uh, of the geese and, and, and what they, what they leave behind, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, but we've got some, uh, we got some raptors headed, uh, South as well during migration, right? Yeah, we, we do. It's a good time to get out to a place like Mount Philo or uh, Putney Mountain in southern Vermont and, and look for migrating raptors. There's a good diversity coming over right now. We, we're past the peak for Broadway Hawk. Um, I did see that uh, Mount, uh, Putney Mountain in, in southern Vermont had 6,000-plus um, Broadway Hawks in a single day. I think it was in, in mid-September, September 18th, I think. Um, so a huge number of broadwings flying over in a day. And now the broadwing peak is pretty much past, but there's red-tailed hawks, peregrine falcon, bald eagle, northern harrier, lots of raptors heading over. I'm seeing lots of red-tailed hawks these days. 
Um, so those are always fun to see. And they can be a little tricky. We, you know, those adult red-tailed hawks are easy to identify, of course, but be on the lookout for immature red-tailed hawks, which do not have a red tail. Uh, you know, there's the same shape and, shape and size as an adult, but the tail is, instead of red, it's, it's, a, it's a light-colored tail, but with very fine barring. You know how broad-winged hawks and red-shouldered hawks have thick barring on the tail? On a young red-tailed hawk, it's more fine bars, so they have a, a different look. They still have the different, but they still have the belly band and heavy streaking on the, on the breast, so um, you should be able to um, ID them if you get a decent look and remember that the tail is, is has those bars, thin bars, instead of the red tail of an adult. Yeah, good stuff. Well, the migration, I had a couple, I looked out the window the other day. We have a big highbush cranberry tree, and um, it's full of berries this year, really striking red berries now. And, and um, all of a sudden, out of the blue came some rough grouse, uh, a pair that were just uh, flying in there and having a, a, a grand old time at lunchtime. Wow. I was not able to get a good picture, but it would have made a good Christmas card, I think. Um, yeah. But uh, those are around. So the grouse are out and, and doing their thing. Seen flickers on the lawn as well. Some of that fall um, fall feel um, that's out there. So, all right. Well, we run. Bluebirds on the move as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we've got to be on the move. Uh, we have run out of time <laughs> for another weekend. Uh, until next time, I'm Anson Tebbets. I'm Chip Darmstadt. For the birds.